<laughs> Welcome to another Kirby's Kids Holiday Special. Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas, kids, and thanks for listening as we continue our dramatic read of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, Marvel Classics Comics, Stan Lee Presents A Christmas Carol. Now, we've had a couple questions since part two of our installment where we had Marley's Ghost and Scrooge Meat. And that question was, what is a stave? You mentioned stave one, Angus. What was that? Well, a stave is a set of five parallel lines on which a musical note is written. Now, in literature, it's referring to the chapters as staves here in Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And by referring to them as staves, he suggests that this novel, this story, will be a joyous, uplifting, and moral tale. So that is the origin story of how Dickens divided up the staves here within A Christmas Carol. It is indeed divided into five parts. So in our first installment, we gave you an introduction, delved into a little bit of background of the creatives, including our author, Charles Dickens. In our second episode, we hit stave one. We Red Stave 1, which is essentially the introduction of Ebenezer Scrooge and then the meeting of Marley's ghost. So here we will be covering staves 2 through 5. So that's the visitation of the three spirits and our exciting conclusion of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Stave 2, the first of three spirits. When Scrooge awoke, he was so dark that he could scarcely see. So he listened for the chime of the more Twelve, twelve, it was after two in the morning when I went to sleep. But it can't be noon. It's too dark. Nothing could have happened to the sun. And I can't have slept through a whole day and into another midnight. Dong, dong. Dong, 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 dong. The idea being an alarming one, Scrooge thought upon the matter for a long time. Hmm. Then he remembered the visit by Molly's ghost. It was a dream? And this only led to more thought upon the matter. But the more he thought, the more perplexed he became. Or was it not a dream? Then he also remembered that Molly's ghost had warned him of a visitation when the bell tolled one. And since he could no longer go back to sleep, then go to heaven, he decided, "Mm, I'll wait it out and be done with this rubbish. The wait was far longer than any five minutes had a right to be. But at length the chime broke upon his listening ear. Dong! One o'clock. 
One o'clock and nothing else. Absolutely nothing. No visitation. No haunting. No spirit. Absolutely. Are you the spirit, sir? Who's, who's coming? Was a foothold to me? Yes, I'm the spirit of Christmas past. Ebenezer Scrooge, your past. You're so bright, sir. Good, good, good. You perhaps put your cap on? What? Would you so soon extinguish the light I give? It is not enough that you are one of those whose passions made this cap, and whose forces me through whole trains of years to wear it low upon my brow. Well, 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 then might, might I make you so bold as to inquire what, what business brings you here? Your welfare, Ebenezer Scrooge. Your reclamation, then. Take heed, rise, and walk with me. Eat, walk. But, but the weather in my attire is below freezing. I have a cold. Yes, come to the window. Oh, the window? But, but, uh, but I am immortal and liable to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand here. Yeah! And you shall be upheld in more than this, even as the words were spoken. The city vanishes, and with it the fog and darkness replaced by open country covered in fresh snow, sparkling in the clear daylight. Good heavens, I was bred here, I was a boy here. Yes. Your lip is trembling, and what is that on your cheek? Uh, just a pimple, please. Wait, can, 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 can we see? Can we see more? You remember the way? Remember it. I could, I could walk it blindfolded. They walked along a road whose every three Scrooge recognized. Every soon boys on shaggy ponies and in carts appeared, all in great spirits and shouting to each other until the broad fields were so full of merry music that the crisp air laughed to hear it. These shadows are but shadows of the things that have been. They have no consciousness of us. Merry Christmas, Jack. Merry Christmas, Bobby. Scrooge knew and could name every one of the travelers. Why was he rejoiced beyond all bounds to see them? Why did this cold-eyed list glisten and his heart leap as they went by? The school is not quite deserted. A solitary child neglected by his friends has been left behind. Yes, I, I, I know. Come, and Scrooge sobbed. They walked through the wall of this building made of memories. So many long ago memories. And in one of the long, bare, melancholy schoolrooms filled so many more bittersweet memories 
they found a single lonely boy reading near a feeble fire. And Scrooge could no longer control himself. He wept, wept as he never had before. Wept at the sight of this poor, forgotten self, as he once was so very long ago. Look again upon yourself, Ebenezer Scrooge, and see what wonders his mind has wrought, even in the depths of his loneliness. Why, why, it's Alibaba, dear, dear old honest Alibaba. Oh, one Christmas time when I was left here all alone, Alibaba did come, just like that. And there's Aladdin's lamp with his lamp and the genie, the wonderful genie. And look, there's the parrot, <laughs> green body, yellow tail, there he is. Poor Robinson Crusoe, he called him, when he came home again after sailing around the island. Poor Robinson Crusoe, where have you been, Robinson Crusoe? The men thought he was dreaming, but he, he wasn't it. It was the parrot, you see. And there, there goes Friday, running for his life to the Yellow Creek. Holla, hop. Watch out for the cannibals. Scrooge's ecstasy faded suddenly, replaced by pity for his former self. Poor boy, little Ebenezer, left all alone and manufactured his own Christmas joy. What? I I wish no it's it's too late now. Nothing, nothing. Just just that there was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I I I, I wish I had given him something. That's all. Come, Ebenezer Scrooge, let us see another Christmas now. And at those words, Scrooge's former self grew larger, and the schoolroom became a little darker and more dirty. He was no longer reading, but standing in an attitude of abject despair. Then, as Scrooge watched mournfully, shaking his head, the door opened, and a little girl came darting in. "'I have come to bring you home, dear brother.' Home for good, forever and ever. Father's so much kinder now, and home's like heaven. A little Fran, you say, Father sent you here? Yes, and he spoke so so gently, dear brother. He sent me in, in a coach to bring you. You're, you're to be a man, but first we'll be together all Christmas long and have the merriest time in all the world. Oh, Fran, I'm, I'm so happy. Always a delicate creature, your sister, whom a breath might have withered, but she had a large heart. And so she had, I, I won't deny it, spirit. She died a woman and had, as I recall, children? One child. Oh, true, your nephew. Yes. Although they had just emerged from the school, Scrooge felt an uneasiness of the mind, but just for a moment. 
and then they were in the busy thoroughfares of a city. Yet another Christmas time, Ebenezer Scrooge. Do you know this warehouse? No, I was apprenticed here. They went in. It's Dick Wilkins, to be sure. Look, look, what a good friend he was to me. Oh, my boys, no more work tonight. Christmas Eve, Dick. Christmas, Ebenezer. Let's have the shutters up and clear the room, my lads. Why, why, it's old Fezziwig. Bless his <laughs> Fezziwig alive again. <laughs> yo, yo, there's Ebenezer, Dick. Hilly-ho, clear away, my lads, and let's have lots of room here. Cheer up, Dick. Hilly-ho, Ebenezer. Faster than you could say, Jack Robinson. Every movable item was packed off into the corners, and as if dismissed from public life forevermore. And into as sung and bright a ballroom as one could hope to see upon a winter's night came a fiddler, and in came the three Miss Fizzywigs and their six followers. In came the cook, the milkman, the housemaid, neighbors, and all those employed in the business. There were dances, there were more dances, and through the long, happy night there were cakes, there was a great piece of cold roast, and there were mince pies and plenty of beer. But the highlight of the evening was old Fizzywig himself, ever at the center of the festivity. Come on and dance, my friends. Cut and bow, whirl and spin, hully-ho, and well done. When the clock finally struck eleven, the domestic ball finally broke up. But the happy voices never died down. Merry Christmas, Mr. Fuzzywig. Merry Christmas, my friends. Merry Christmas. And during all of this, Scrooge had acted like a man out of his wits. His heart and soul were immersed in the scene and sealed to his former self. He remembered everything, enjoyed everything, and underwent the strangest agitation. A small matter to make these silly folks too full of great deptitude. He has spent but a few pounds of your mortal money. Is it so much that he deserves this praise? It isn't the money, spirit. He has the power to render us happy or unhappy, to make our service a pleasure or a toil. Say that his power lies in words and looks and things so slight, it's impossible to add them up. The happiness he gave us is just as great as if it cost a fortune or... You've stopped. What's the matter? Nothing particular. It's just that I, 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 I should be... Able to say a word or two to my clerk right now, that's all. As Scrooge gave utterance to his wish, the light upon the spirit's head burned very clear, and then, my time grows short. Quick, we must see yet another Christmas past. Again, 
Scrooge saw himself older now, and with a face that had begun to wear the signs of greed, he sat by the side of a fair girl, in whose eyes shone the glisten of tears. To you, Ebenezer, it matters very little. Another, another idol has displaced me, a golden one. What idol? That's a fine th thing to complain about. There's nothing as hard as poverty and nothing more noble than the pursuit of wealth. You fear the world too much. All your old hopes have merged into the single hope of conquering worldly hardships. I have seen your nobler aspirations fall off, one by one, until the master passion gain obsesses you. What of it? Even if I have grown wiser, my feelings toward you have not changed. Our agreement is an old one made when we were both poor and content to be until we would improve our worldly fortune through patient work. When it was made, you were a different man. You have changed. I was a boy. You were not what you are now. I still am. That which promised happiness when we were one in heart is fraught with Misery, now that we are two, I, I must release you. I have ever sought release? Not in words. But in, in, in changed nature, an altered spirit, another hope as its great end, in everything that made my love of any worth or, or value in your sight. I would gladly think otherwise if I could, but I must release you and with a full heart for the love of him you once were. You may have pain in this, but only briefly, and you will soon dismiss recollection of it as an unprofitable dream from which you gladly awoke. I have no dowry, yet I was once happy. May you be happy, Ebenezer, in the life you have chosen. She left him, and they parted forever. Spirit, show me no more. Why do you delight in torturing me no more? Yes, one shadow more. One Christmas more. Scrooge wailed in pain and protest, but it was no use. They were already in another place, and seeing the girl had become a woman, and had happily married, but not to Ebenezer Scrooge. Darling. Hello, dear. Merry Christmas. Father. Merry Christmas, Father. Darling, I saw an old friend of yours this afternoon. Ebenezer Scrooge, I passed his office window, and he had a candle inside. I couldn't help seeing him. His partner lies on the point of death, and... There he sat quite alone in the world, I do believe. Poor man, poor Ebenezer Scrooge. Spirit, remove me from this place. I cannot bear it. Why, I told you. <laughs> These were only shadows of the things that have 
seen and been. It was merely a scene you, you might have had if you... No, leave me, take me back. Taunt me no longer. You hear me? No longer. Haunt me no longer. Ebenezer Scrooge fell back exhausted, sank into a heavy sleep in his own bed. A winking in the middle of a prodigiously loud snore, Scrooge did not have to be told that the bell was again upon the stroke of wine. Dong. Indeed, he had the feeling that he had been restored to consciousness just in the nick of time. Arise, man, arise and know me better. And for the express purpose of meeting Jacob Marley's next messenger, stave three. I am the spirit of Christmas present. Look upon me. Yes, I see, and I give up wondering how or why. The second of the three spirits. The ghost of Christmas present rose. Spirit, conduct me where you will. I went forth last night against my will, and I learned a lesson which is working now, tonight. If you have anything to teach me, I am willing to profit by it. Then touch my robe, Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge did, as he was told, and held fast. And the room, of course, disappeared. And they stood on the city streets on Christmas morning. The scene was certainly bleak enough there, being nothing cheerful about the climate or the town, and yet there was an air of cheerfulness abroad that the summer sun could never match. On the bright glimpses and blended scents of the grocers, the sticks of cinnamon, almonds, candied fruits, figs and fowl, plums and molten sugar, Delicious spices and decadent boxes and decorated boxes, oh, oh, oh. And the customers all tumbling against each other and crushing the wicked baskets, but ever smiling with the hopeful promise of the glorious day. No matter that most of them were poor on every other day. For some, poverty extended, even unto this day. And to these the spirit sprinkled blessings from his torch. And, for as he said, unheard by anyone except Scrooge, It's sad shame to eat poorly on Christmas Day. And so it was. God love it. So it was. Is there a particular flavor in what you sprinkle from your torch? There is my own. Would it apply to any kind of dinner on this day? To any kindly given, but to a poor one the most. Why to a poor one the most? Because it needs it most. And now, the steeples 
called all good people to church and chapel. And away they went, flocking through the streets in their best clothes and wearing their gayest faces. The very meaning of Christmas was the source of its golden magic. Then, perhaps in the pleasure of showing off his power, or perhaps in his sympathy for all poor men, the spirit took Scrooge straight to the dwellings of Bob Cratchit, Scrooge's poor clerk, and blessed it. Think of that. Bob had but fifteen bob a week. Each Saturday he pocketed but fifteen copies of his Christian name, and yet the ghost of Christmas present blessed his poor four-roomed house. Oh, what a goose, mother, such a goose. Bless your heart, dear. But whatever has happened to your father and your little brother, Tiny Tim? Oh, there's father and Tiny Tim. They're coming now. Good. Dinner will be soon, children. And God willing, it shall be our best Christmas dinner yet. Sit down before the fire and get warm, my dears. And how, how did Tiny Tim behave in church? As good as gold and better. Somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much and thinks the strangest things. Coming home, he told me that he hoped the people saw him in church because it would be nice for them to remember on Christmas Day the one who once made lame beggars walk and blind men see. And though Bob Cratchit was obviously proud of his little son, his voice was... Mm, Tumulus, as he related the selfless wish. And his voice trembled even more when he insisted that Tiny Tim was growing <laughs> strong and hearty, but with one look Scrooge knew it was a lie. Spirit, tell me if Tiny Tim will live. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unfaltered by the future, the child will die. No, no, kind spirit, say he will be spared. Why, if he is going to die, why not let him? At least it will be it will decrease the surplus population. Scrooge was appalled to hear his own words quoted by the spirit, and was overcome by penitence and grief. Man, if man you be in heart, know that the wicked have not discovered what the surplus is, nor where it is. Will you decide what men shall live, what men shall die? It may be that in the sight of heaven you are more, more worthless and less fit to live than millions like this poor man's child. And Scrooge bent his head in shame for a time unknown. And when he again looked up, dinner had somehow seen finished. A hugely enjoyable dinner, judging by the attitudes of the Cratchit family, and a joy he had missed in sharing. A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us. God bless us, everyone. 
upon hearing Tiny Tim's words, Scrooge looked upon the benevolent spirit and knew with fresh awe that God had blessed the Cratchit family, everyone. But then his attention was drawn by the sound of his own name. Mr. Scrooge, I give you a toast to Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon and hope he'd choke on it. My dear, the children, it's Christmas Day. And it should be Christmas, I'm sure, in which one drinks the health of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. And you know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you. My dear, it's Christmas Day. Very well. I'll drink his health for your sake and for the days, but not for his. Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt. And so they all drank the toast, the first in which there was no heartiness. Scrooge was the ogre of the family, and the very mention of his name cast a dark shadow over the party for a full five minutes. But when it came time to leave, almost as if the spirit had planned it so, the Cratchits were again happy, grateful, pleased with one another, and contented with their poor lot in life. And as they faded, looking happier yet in the bright sprinklings of the spirit's torch, Scrooge kept his eye upon them until the last, especially on Tiny Tim, plaintively singing in the supernatural mist. And now, without a word of warning from the spirit, they stood upon a bleak moor. What is this place? A place where miners live, who labor in the bowels of the earth. In a sense, they work for your company, Ebenezer Scrooge. They sang in voices that seldom rose above the howling wind. A simple Christmas song whose tune wove a spell of joy. Strange in that respect, it is not that they should feel so comforted. Scrooge whispered, yes, but the word choked in his throat. And then he was elsewhere, far out at sea, in harsh conditions that should have dispirited the most even-tempered of men. But of course, they too are happy. Yes, Ebenezer Scrooge, it is Christmas night. And now, to Scrooge's even greater surprise, they were back in the city outside a familiar, if seldom visited, house from which great laughter issued. Ha 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 ha! My nephew! That is my nephew's laugh! Indeed it was. Ha 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 ha! And then he said, Christmas was humbug, and I, I live and breathe humbug, and he believed it too. Ha 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 And more shame for him, Fred. Bless the woman. They never do anything by halves, indeed. They are always in earnest, and Scrooge's niece by marriage was no exception. 
Oh, he's a comical old fellow. That's the truth. And not as pleasant as he might be, but his offensive his offenses carry their own punishment, and I have nothing to say against him. Yes, but he's so very rich, Fred, and at least you always tell me so. And and I tell the truth, for of what of it, dear? His wealth is of no use to him. He doesn't do any good with it. He doesn't make himself comfortable with it, and he hasn't the satisfaction of benefiting others with it. Well, I just have no patience with him. And all the other ladies expressed the same opinion. Oh, I'm sorry for him. I couldn't be angry with him. If even if I tried, who suffers from his ill whims? Himself. He takes it into his head to dislike us and refuses to dine with us, but uh, that's sort of the consequence. He, he doesn't lose much of a dinner. He does so. He loses a very good dinner. I only meant that the consequences of his taking a dislike to us and not making merry with us is that he loses some pleasant moments, moments which could certainly do no harm. Indeed, and Scrooge was beginning to well realize it. I'm sure he loses more pleasant companions than he can find in his solitary thoughts, either in his moldy old office or his dust chambers. But I give him the same chance every year, whether he likes it or not, because I pity him. He can rail at Christmas till he dies, but he cannot help thinking better of Christmas. I defy him. If I go in there year after year and say, Merry Christmas, Uncle Scrooge, how are you? Even if it only puts him in the mood to leave his poor clerk fifty pounds in his will, then that's something. At least, and I think I started him on that mood yesterday. What? <laughs> Uncle Scrooge in a generous mood? It was the time for the others to laugh now at such an absurd notion as generous Ebenezer Scrooge, but not much caring what they laughed at. Just as long as they did so, the nephew encouraged them in their merriment and passed the bottle joyously, and Scrooge was touched by the contagion of such joy. After drinks, they had some music, most gleefully sounds, you may be as assured. Even Scrooge was well into the spirit of things. But they didn't devote the whole evening to music, no. They eventually switched to all manner of parlor games, and soon Scrooge was enjoying himself enormously. Grrr! I've got it! It's, it's Uncle Scrooge! Yes, it's me! Look! Look at me growl! Even when the results of a round of charades were none too flattering, the spirit was immensely pleased to find Scrooge in the mood, and he looked upon him with such favor and that Scrooge begged like a child to be allowed to stay until the guests departed. They're playing a new game now. Only another hour. Spirit, only one more hour. But this, the spirit said, could not be done. And they immediately whisked off into the night sky, once again on their far-ranging travels. 
Much, they say, in a very brief time, in fall, they went with no effort. They stood beside sick beds, and they visited jails whose prisoners' only crimes were those of poverty and want. And they entered the factory treadmills where some were forced to toil in subhuman conditions, even upon this of all cherished nights. And everywhere they went, each and every miserable, wretched place they saw was blessed with joy. This so confused Scrooge that it was some time before he noticed the spirit's new aspect. I spirit, you, you, you've grown so old and so quickly. Are our spirit's life so short? My life on this globe is very brief. It ends tonight at midnight, as have the lives of my brothers before me. More than eighteen hundred of them. I, I see, and forgive me for asking, Spirit, but I, I, I see something strange and protruding from your robes. Yes, yes, look here. From the folds of his robe, the Spirit brought two small forms. Wretched, frightful, hideous, miserable. Look here, man. Look at them. They were a boy and a girl, yellow, meager, ragged, scowling, wolfish, but prostrate, too, in humility. Spirit, what are they? I, I mean, are, are, are they yours? Dong, 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 dong. They glared at Scrooge, stale and shriveled, corruptions of flesh and where angels might have sat enthroned, devils lurked. They are man's. The boy is ignorance, the girl is want. Beware them both, Ebenezer Scrooge, but most of all, beware the boy. For on his brow is written doom. Erase that writing, deny it, or bide the end. But, but, but... Have they no refuge or resources? Dong, dong, dong. Those who are badly off can always go to prison, Ebenezer Scrooge, or work in the treadmill. No! Dong! The bell struck twelve. And as the last stroke ceased to vibrate in the thick fog, Scrooge found himself all alone. No! Remembering the final predictions of old Jacob Marley's ghost. Scrooge looked deep into the roiling gloom and beheld a solemn phantom draped and hooded in black coming like mist along the ground straight toward him scattering mystery through the very air in which it moved the ghost glided closer and scrooge was filled with abiding dread am i in the presence of the spirit of christmas yet to come stev for the last of the spirits but the phantom answered not it merely pointed onward with its terrible hand you want me to 
You show me shadows of the things that have not happened, but will happen in the time to come? Is that not so, spirit? Again, no reply. Nothing but the spectral hand and a cowl filled with blackness. Ghost of the future, I fear you more than any spirit I have yet seen. But I, I, I know your purpose is to do me good, and since I hope to become a different man, I am prepared to bear your company with a thankful heart. But will you not speak to me? No. The spirit clearly would not. The hand was pointed straight ahead of him. Then lead on. The night is waning. Fast and time is precious to me. I, I, I know. Lead on, spirit. They drifted down the dark street. And it was no longer dark, although it was clearly another Christmas. As Scrooge wondered how far into the future they had come, the silent spectre pointed to a group of familiar merchants. Scrooge noted that they had not aged much and listened. No, I do not know much about it either way. I, I don't know that he died last night. Ha! I thought he'd never die. What, what was the matter with him? Who knows? Well, what has he done with his money? Left it to the company, probably? He certainly hasn't left it to me. It's likely to be a very cheap funeral. And for the life of me, I don't know of anybody who'd go. Do you think he should form a party and volunteer? I'll go if the lunch is provided. <laughs> but I must be fed if I'm to be mourning at his funeral. There was a few snorts and several laughs, and the merchant strode away. Scrooge looked to the spirit for an explanation. But it simply pointed to two other persons on the street. Well, I hear old Scratch got his own at last, hey? So I'm told. Cold, isn't it? Seasonably for Christmas time. And not another word. It was their meeting, their conversation, their parting. Scrooge was surprised that the spirit attached any importance to such trivial conversations, but feeling certain they must have some hidden moral for his own improvement, he resolved to treasure every word he heard and everything he saw, especially the shadow of himself when it appeared. Indeed, Scrooge was certain that the conduct of his future self would give him the clues to enlightenment he had thus far missed, and would render the solution to these riddles. But when he looked into the office, expecting to see his own image, a stranger sat at his desk. Hmm. To his, this did not surprise him, since he had already resolved to change his old way of life. Here, then, was the proof in this very absence from that gloomy counting-house. Quiet and dark before him stood the phantom, with its outstretched hand, and Scrooge fancied that the unseen eyes were studying him keenly. It made him feel shudder and feel very cold. The chill was instantly replaced 
by a hotbed of squalor and misery, a foul, obscure part of town with narrow alleys like cesspools disgorging the stench of often filled with drunks, beggars, and thieves. And one place there was in this infamous den, more filthy, more decrepit, and more sinister than all the rest, secrets that few would care to scrutinize were bred and hidden in this low-browed, beddling shop. Scrooge and the spectre entered. It was worse inside. Show. All three of you have come from the same place, have you? Oh, and why not? Every person has the right to take care of themselves the best way they can. He, he, he always did. And who's the worse for the loss of a few things like these, and not a dead man? No, indeed, and if you wanted to keep him after he was dead, the wicked old screw, why wasn't he? He is nice to his lifetime. He, he had been, he'd have somebody to look after him, instead of dying there all alone. That's the truest word ever spoken, a judgment on him. I wish it was a little heavier judgment, and would have been if I could have laid my hands on anything else. All right, let's open the bundles, and we'll add up what you've got. And soon the greedy shopkeeper had examined the goods within two of the three bundles. Half a crown for the undertaker's plunder, and two crowns for the charwoman, and I wouldn't give another penny if it was to be boiled for not doing it. Open my bundle now, Joe. What's this? Bedsheets? You don't mean to say that he took his bedsheets off with him when he's lying there. Oh, and why not? He, he isn't likely to catch cold in my say. Scrooge had listened to this dialogue with a disgust, which could hardly have been greater if they'd been obscene demons marketing the corpse itself. <laughs> this is the end of it, you see. By frightening everyone away from him when he was alive, he profits us now that he's dead. Spirit, I understand now the cause of this unhappy man, and whoever he may be could become my own. Uh, my, my life tends that way now, and... Yeah, uh, what is this? Scrooge recoiled in terror. For the scene had changed. He had touched something on a bare, sheetless bed. Something which, although it could never speak again, announced itself in awful language. The corpse spirit! The poor man's corpse! Oh, cold, cold, rigid death! Set up thine altar here, and dress it with such terrors as thou hast at the command. For this is thy dominion. Strike, shadow, strike, and see dominions. His strike, his good deeds springing from the wound to sow the world with life immortal. No voice pronounced these words in Scrooge's ears, and yet he heard them all too clearly. And spirit, this is a fearful place, and in leaving it I shall not leave its lesson, trust me. But let us go. 
Still, the specter pointed its fingers at the corpse's head. I understand you. I, I, I would do if I, if I could, but I, I have not the power, spirit. I have not the power to look upon his face. Instead, if, if there's any person in this town who feels emotion over this man's death, and then and, and show that person to me, spirit, I beseech you. Without a word, the phantom spread his cloak like dark wings, and lowering it revealed an unfamiliar room by daylight. Bad news, Caroline. Then, then he, he will not relent, and we are quite ruined? No, he, he, he is past relenting. He, he's dead. Oh, forgive me, but I, I cannot help but feel glad. Yes, we, we, we will have time now to, to rent the money, but, but even if we do not, we, we, we could hardly find so merciless a creditor in this successor. He, he, he may sleep well tonight, Caroline. Then it was a happier house for this man's death. The only emotion he, spirit, would show him caused by the event was one of pleasure. Please, spirit, uh, let me see some tenderness uh, connected with that death or that dark bedchamber. He, we must, just left, will, will haunt me forever. The spirit seemed to nod. And they were within Bob Cratchit's poor dwelling. Quiet. It was very quiet. He was so light to, to carry, so very light, and no trouble at all, and such a cheerful little man for all his affection. Don't, don't, don't be grieved, father, please don't. Scrooge sobbed, shocked and saddened all at once. My little child, my little child, we shall never forget him, shall we? Never, father, never. Then, then I am happy. I, I am very happy. Spirit of Tiny Tim, thy childish essence was from God. And a scene of tenderness it was. Tenderness to make the heart sore and ache from the soaring. Spirit, something informs me that our, our, our parting moment is at hand. Uh, Tiny Tim ha has died. But please tell me. Who was the man we saw lying dead? A churchyard, a worthy place indeed to learn the wretched man's name. Before I draw near to the stone in which you point and answer me one question, are these the shadows of things that will be, or are they shadows of things that only might be? Still the ghost pointed downward to the grave. The courses of men's lives and and foreshadow certain ends to which they, they, they must lead, but if the course be departed from, the ends will change, say it is thus with what you show me. The spirit was immovable as ever, and so Scrooge crept toward it, trembling as he went, following the finger until he could read the name upon the headstone of the neglected grave. No! His own name. Then I was the man the, the, who lay upon the bare bed. 
the finger pointed at his heart and said more loudly than any word, Yes. Spirit, hear me. I am not the man I once was. I will not be in the man I, I would have been. If not for the lesson, why, I shall show, show me this if I am past all hope. For the first time, the finger appeared to shake. Good spirit, your nature pities me. Assure me that I may not yet change these shadows you have shown me by altering my life. The kind hand trembled. I will honor Christmas and keep it in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live the past, past, present, and future, and, and spirits of all three shall, shall strive within me. I, I, I will not uh, shut out the lessons they have taught. Oh, tell me, tell me that I may erase the, the writing on this headstone. In his agony, Scrooge caught the spectral hand. It sought to free itself, but he was strong in his entreaty. Tell me! And the phantom shrunk, collapsed. Tell me! And the dwindled down into a bedpost. A, a, a bedpost? Stave five. The end of it. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own to make amends in. Heaven and, and, and Christmas time be, be praised. I, I saw it with fulsome heart and, and old Jacob Marley with, with fulsome heart. My sheets, my, my sheets are here, hooray! <laughs> the shadows of things that could have been can be dispelled. They will be. I know they will. I'll make them change. Merry Christmas to everyone. <laughs> Whoop, hula ha! There's the bow that the, the, the groove was in, and the door by which Jacob Marley's ghost entered, uh, the, the spot where the spirit of Christmas present sat, and the window where I saw the wandering spirits. It's all there. It, it happened. Ha <laughs> Whoops! I don't even know what day of the month it is. It is. I, I, I've been so turned around. I, I don't know anything, in fact. I'm, I'm quite a baby, but who, who cares? I, I'd rather be a baby. Hula hoo hoo! Hoo-ha! Oh, a delightful boy. Uh, oh, what's today? Today? Why, why, it's Christmas Day, of course. Christmas Day? Uh, the spirits have done it all in one night. <laughs> Do you know whether the, the porterers around the corner have sold their prize turkey? Not the little prize turkey, but the big one? Oh, uh, the one as big as me? Uh, it's, it's, it's still there. It's a, it is. Oh, uh, go and buy it and, and tell them to bring it here so I can give them directions of where to take it. Go back with him in less than five minutes and I'll give you a crown. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit, but he'll, he'll never know who sent it. Ha! A mystery twice the size of Tiny Tim.
Did I say only one crown? Well, I must have been mistaken. Here's two, uh, delightful boy. Uh, you, sir, it's quite impossible to carry this turkey to that address. You must have a cab, and uh, here's the fare. Why, why, what a wonderful door knocker. What an honest expression of, of his face. I shall, I shall love it as long as I live. Shaving was not an easy task, for his hand continued to shake, and shaving requires great attention, even when you don't dance while you're at it. Good morning, sir. Merry Christmas to you. He had not gone far when he saw one of the gentlemen who had entered his counting-house the day before. Hello, my dear sir. I, I hope you were successful yesterday. Merry Christmas. Uh, Mr. Scrooge? You are the same Mr. Scrooge? Allow, allow me to ask your pardon, and, and will you have the goodness to accept us? Oh, bless me. My dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? I've never been more serious, my good sir. A, a, a good many back payments are included in that, but will you do me a favor? Will you come and visit me for tea sometime? Oh, I will indeed. He went to church, and he knew the real joy of church for the first time. And he walked the bright streets, never dreaming that they walked, that they, anything at all, could ever give him so much happiness. In the afternoon, he turned his steps toward his nephew's house. Why, why bless my soul, it's Uncle Scrooge. I, I have come for dinner, Fred. W will you let me in? Scrooge was at the home in five minutes. It was a wonderful party with wonderful games, wonderful music, wonderful happiness. But he was early at the office next morning to catch Bob Cratchit coming in late. <laughs> that was the one thing he had set his heart on. Hello? What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I, 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 I'm sorry, sir. I'm late, but but it's only once a year. I was I was making rather merry. Yes, yesterday, sir. Making merry, were you? Well, I'll tell you what, my friend. I'm not going to stand for any sort of thing any longer, and therefore, I'm going to raise your salary. <laughs> A Merry Christmas, Bob, a merrier one than I've ever given you. We shall discuss your future affairs this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of plum pudding and, and go out and buy us a large load of coal before you cross another tea and Bob Cratchit. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all, and infinitely more, and to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he became a second father. He had no further dealings with spirits, but it was always said of him that he knew how to keep the Christmas spirit well, if any man alive possessed that knowledge, and may that be truly said for us, all of us, for as Tiny Tim observed on the next Christmas, God bless us, everyone. <laughs>